Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, all right. It is that time again. I feel like we were just here a week ago. Such a bad joke. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's the best Tuesday you've had all day. I am your host, David Little John, and you are tuning in to the True Well Show. Joining me in studio. Wow, that's a long, drawn-out introduction, Katie Shook. And we are delighted to be here talking shop about finances. And a reminder as we go into the holiday season, where we have commercialized what started as a non-commercial holiday because America, right? <laughs> But is it our fault? Is it really? Because I'm pretty sure the gift giving started in some other countries. Well, whatever the case, here we are. I want to remind folks that the true wealth moments are the ones that matter. So it is not about the stuff and it's not about the money. Money is not how we keep score. Or at least it shouldn't be. It is a tool. It enables us to do things because the true wealth are the memories and the relationships that we build. How's I, that for schmooze? That's a good one. And I would say as we go into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that while you may not be able to gather as usual with some family members, hug the ones you have because some people are not getting to hug as many this year. True story. So and for those True Wealth moments, love, love on the ones you can. I've got a fun True Wealth piece of trivia. All right. So the ongoing debate, is it Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas? Are you asking me personally? Or is it Xmas? Oh, it's not it. Yeah. No, it turns out. There's a debate there's, on that? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of people that feel like if they hear happy holidays from somebody that that's somehow an affront. And uh, I have been since educated to a certain degree that they all, it's sort of like in, in this case, now I'm really careful the way I say this. Okay. I'm really careful because in evangelical circles, this can be misconstrued. So don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. Uh it's not that all religions point to the same place. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying both Christmas, Xmas, and Happy Holidays all point the same direction because Happy Holidays was Holy Days. Xmas is the X as in Chi, the Greek letter which was representative of Christ, and Christmas being Christ Mass. So there you go. Uh, and so, yeah, none of them are necessarily provocative. Or and, unassociated. And yet... We have have made it such. Now, happy holidays is a uh, at the risk of gagging some and pleasing others, which I don't care today. Right. <laughs> happy holidays is a relatively inclusive deal because there are lots of seasonal holidays in December. Right. Right. And so uh, I'm not taking a shot at any. Uh, and I'm just not afraid to say where I stand personally, right? So as a Christian, I'm okay being out of the closet and saying, that's who I am, so right? Then but it's, that, not, it's not to punch anybody in the face for not being like me. I guess my question then would be if someone were of a different faith, like if, you know, they were Jewish and they, and you said instead of happy Hanukkah, would, you know, would happy holidays work for them or would they be offended? And I mean, I don't know, and I'm not speaking well, on behalf of that religion. And so that's is, why I'm is asking. this not the cultural question of the day? How not how, to offend people? Well, you know, <laughs> if, if, if offense is in the eye of the beholder, then what it says is, you know, regardless of the intention of my message, if somebody else receives it and takes offense, they get to be the one to call whether or not it's offensive. And oh. that's a pickle. Really? Because like, what if I was really well intended and somebody else was just having a grouchy day and so they just went off? Uh, and, and that's kind of the challenge spot that we're in these days, right? 
Right. And like, there are, like, like you said, there are. I mean, some people are intentionally trying to be offensive. But uh, it was said to me really well once. You know, offense is taken, not given in this day and age. Oh, that's interesting. Because you could attempt to offend somebody. And I tell people, it's really hard to offend me. You could be a real jerk. And I would just look at it and say, well, well you're, you're a jerk. A jerk. <laughs> and I'll move on. Right? You know, right. I don't have to associate with you. That's that. But when somebody says, I'm a jerk. And I'm like, huh. Well, was I? Or that's is that just you being really overly sensitive or reading more into the situation than maybe existed? And, you know, we have a whole culture around how we'll rationalize whether or not there's victimhood and so forth. And I just... I don't even know how to make heads or tails of it anymore. So to me, this is like the texting argument. You can read any tone of voice you want into a text message. Exactly. Right? And so it's like, nope, they're just characters on a thing. And depending on how well you know the person and depending on what, like you said, what's going on in your life at that moment, you may read it and go, that was snarky. Or you may read it and go, eh, yeah, okay, whatever. And reply, and your reply is also different. Um, so well, yeah, what, even more than 90% voice. of, yeah, even more than 90% of communication is nonverbal. Right. Which, which makes is, radio interesting. It does. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah. So you get to but, imagine how, uh, yes. wonderfully spiritedly dressed we are today. For well, tone Christmas. and inflection matters. My shoes are really loud today. Are uh, they? Oh yeah. What color are you shoes again? I wasn't even looking. Like bright orange. Oh my gosh. They are really loud. Yes. Mine are not loud. Mine are coach. Mine are quietly Snarking in the corner, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> nothing quiet about it. But but I still have a face for radio, and that's what we're sticking with. Oh, not true. So, gang, let's talk about stuff that matters to you as a listener. Now that we've established that uh, the season is still, you know, not without, I don't know, what we do in this day and age. Uh, instead, <laughs> that's just the, uh, we, we should all just get along more. Uh, and then we should enjoy the holiday season and let's talk about and my the birthday markets. season. That's it's, true. Birthday it's Katie's week. Birthday week. Well, I'm now Katie's stretching it into is, two weeks. Because <laughs> what what you do is it's like well it starts six days before my birthday and it goes until six days after. So it's really a 13 day birthday window. It starts. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Because it kind of ends Christmas Eve. Like you can't really, you know, Christ's birth kind of trumps mine. So yeah. At some point you go yeah, and I'm done here. Santa Claus wins. But yeah. It's, it's a lot of savings on wrapping paper though. No. See, my mom almost got it this year. So my one really weird rule is no poinsettias on my birthday cake. And my birthday cake did not have poinsettias, but it had red and white roses. So and I was like, you're flirting with the red frosting a little too close now. a poinsettia or a poinsettia? Are you really going to get in this debate with me right now on this? I figure it's harmless. It's poinsettia the way you said it. That's how I learned it, too. And then somebody else was like, it's poinsettia. And doggone it. There's an I. Google it's like actually spelled poinsettia. Like, yeah, but that's like, is it Willamette? Because we pronounce it Willamette. But if you actually pronounce it with all sauce? the- Worcestershire <laughs> sauce? Yeah. yeah. Go says, try that one on. Nobody ever says Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire? It's Worcestershire sauce. So yeah, and you're right. And it's Louisville. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. So Whatever. come on, you know, if you're going to get picky on it, I guess it depends on the vernacular of the area you're in. Okay. How about that answer? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to roll with it. Do you say washcloth or do you say washcloth? Well, there's no R in wash. True. But people still say washcloth. Well, people can be wrong. <laughs> half the world is not wrong, David. <laughs> Maybe there is an R somewhere. But, but the other half is. <laughs> half the world's below average, too. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. My favorite expression is, I, what is it? I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> 
I just tell people I've been expert in my own opinion, and that's mostly <laughs> what I deal in. <laughs> oh, all right. So what what do people care about today? All right. Did you know? Did you hear what I heard? Probably. Because uh, I worked ten House feet away Senate, from you. House and Senate, they officially passed some stimulus, and everybody went wah wah. I don't know if everybody went wah wah. Some people went, well, yay, we have some Christmas shopping to markets do. Markets <laughs> didn't care that much. NASDAQ went up a little bit. Dow finished down. S&P finished down. I have a theory on that one. Okay. Right? What's if your theory on that my one? My theory on that one that this is asset rotation. Uh, there's still, I think there's more optimism about the idea that the vaccine is being distributed for COVID and that the economy will reopen. Then there is pessimism that there are changes in viral strain like they were predicting projecting or uh, at least saying is occurring in Britain right now. Okay. So more aggressive strain that's mutated and whether or not that uh, vaccine will be effective is to be determined. Okay. But if we're going to be reopening the economy, then a lot of the stocks that were the stay closed trade right. are likely to be repositioned into the reopen trade. And that uh, in a certain to a certain extent would explain why some of the mega cap stocks are declining where the small and mid cap stocks are rising and not what, exclusively but often so can you explain to our listeners who may not understand the difference between small mid cap and large cap stocks what does yeah. that mean it's the size of the hat are you joking or are you being serious that is totally a joke that was not funny Okay. Nobody really? No, really? Yeah, I out there's like, come can on. I it was have, a, like the buzzer that cap went, joke, I you know, like market cap. Button. It's like a thinking cap. Oh. Okay. This is not a sorting cap. This is not. See, and now she gets it all. We're not in Harry Potter. We are not in Harry Potter. It's it is a sorting cap, but in this case, it's capitalization, and you're sorting the market based on company size. And we've talked on the program many times about capitalization rate it also shows up incidentally in real estate oh interesting so okay. what would be the example of like a large cap company so large cap companies are companies typically over 10 billion in size i would so amazon say. oh sure nike you know, amazon's like a trillion dollar company right nike's a multi-billion dollar i mean the, the most of the s p 500 are billion plus they're large companies most they're large, large caps cap. uh what would be like a smaller mid-size well, a small is below probably. I'm going to kind of wing it here. Let's say three billion, and three to ten billion is mid cap, and then above ten billion, you start to drift into large cap. And you know those those definitions have changed over the course of my career. So I, I there's probably some formal specific spot on definition. It's probably well, and I wasn't necessarily looking for definition as much as like give me an example of some companies we know that fit these categories so we can. Kind well, of local companies understand. like maybe a Lithia or something like that. So Lithia Motors here in town, uh -huh. that's a publicly traded company. You can buy Lithia stock, and I would guess that that's a small cap company. It's 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 probably in the billions. I mean, here, I'll, I'll look it up because I can do that on the air. Um, Lithia <laughs> Motors, it's ticker symbol LAD. Also not investment advice, by the right, way. Right, this is not. Market cap, $7.4 Okay, there you go. So they're a small cap. Well, it, it no, kind of depends. They're, they're somewhere in the between small and mid cap, depending on. But if, if my definition is off, then 
uh, I, you know, so now I want to go figure out the formal definition of where the cap threshold is. I wasn't trying to get into the weeds. I was just yeah, trying to give yeah. people an idea when you're thinking about, you know, what does that mean to me? Like when you start throwing out the word like billions, I mean, it's that sounds kind of like monopoly money after a while. Here's the crazy thing. It's not as big as it used to be. Right. Right. And and that's just if you think about uh, a but billion dollars. But is that due dollars, to inflation? Yeah. Well, a billion dollars 20 years ago. 20 years ago was the year 2000. And there was a season when that was a big deal. Right. Oh, my gosh. We're going to we're going to transition into the new millennium. Right. But that's been two <laughs> decades ago. So when we cross to 2000 and you, you go back in the day to those market values, uh, you know, the Dow back in 2000, today it's 30, over 30,000. And if I look at what it was back in, let's see, right about, I'm kind of hustling through, we get to January of 2000, it was uh, about 10.7. Wow. So it's like tripled. Well, doubled, right? It went from 10 to 20, 20 to 30. So it mm. doubled from the original twice. So right. that would be a... 200% higher than it was back then, but it's it's the, the number is, you know, three times 10 to get there. So if that's the case, then what, I mean, it would stand to reason that the market capitalization rate would double too. So if it was 3 billion back then, it should be closer to 10 billion to get to a, a mid cap now because everything is shifting, right? right? Again, it stands to reason. I mean, think about what houses cost 20 years ago and what they cost today. Oh, I remember my mom telling me in the '80s that a house cost like twenty thousand. Yeah, like well, 18, and, and that and, was expensive. And like eighteen I, in, to twenty thousand. I remember shopping for places, and you, know, you could find places for under a hundred. Today, if a house is under a hundred thousand dollars, oh, it's a shack. That's well, you're like apart. wondering yeah. if it's been condemned for being a meth kitchen or something, <laughs> right? Here, here in Oregon, now cost across the country is obviously all different. Right? Yeah, but I not mean, radically so. I mean, there's a certain amount of raw material cost that goes in uh, outside of labor. And, you know, the, the cost of the materials that goes into the house are still higher. True. Go, go just, I mean, everything's inflated higher. And, yep. and that's on purpose. Right? It, it's probably appropriate to discuss why it's going higher. That'd Did be you, a fun thing to do after on the purpose. break. Yeah, we better, huh? You yeah. know, we're li we're long on the first segment because we just had so darn much fun with you guys. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We could talk a little bit about inflation, but I want to talk about the stimulus package. You guys, let's let's unpack what's in there and whether or not you care. But we got to take a break. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Katie Shook. You got True Wealth on News Radio twelve forty KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Well Show. And if, you were, if you're on the podcast, you're like, we weren't even gone. But if you're not on the <laughs> podcast, get on the podcast, right? Check and them out. And if you can, if you're listening to the podcast every once in a while, and put it on your calendar, listen to us live. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, we will be, if you're not, this is a, this is, I'm doing a promo, right? Self-promo time, uh, or firm promo, really not me. YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel. So go up, look up Little John Financial, and we've got our YouTube channel, and we are going to be posting. We just did a town hall where we were doing our 2021 projections, and we were answering questions about what it, what do we think is coming down the pike, and you know what what are we at Little John Financial and our investment committee? What are the the key things that we're looking at as we're positioning for 2021? I'm going to throw it out there a little bit further than that. I'd probably say the number one question that was asked was. 
How do you think the stock markets are going to fluctuate or how are they going to be affected by a new administration? Right. By the Biden administration. Right. And David and Wes and Justin answer that. Yes. On that. So I'm just saying that like. This if is you, like a. Yeah. Was that like a hint, like answer for our listeners or like go check out the No, it was like pod- go check out the podcast. Like if you yeah. asked yourself, how are the stock markets going to change with the new Biden administration? There's a wonderful town hall thing that they and I, I know you use the word town hall, basically an online Zoom. <laughs> All of right. you should be familiar with that by now. No, it, was, it was just a webinar kind it was of a format. Webinar, and but he, they answer that question and they kind of unpack those things. So if those you are can the see things. It's, it's on Facebook right now. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll find it in the feed there. But it'll be in the YouTube channel and we're going to clean it up a little bit because you've got sort of the live unedited version on Facebook that was saved there. The YouTube version will clean up. You know, there's some, you know, launch time. A little and more so cliff forth. notes. It, yeah, it'll <laughs> just be a little more abbreviated so that you can get through it quicker. Uh, it was not short, but it wasn't crazy long. No, but it answered a lot of really good questions. Yeah, and, so. and we, we did come head on at several things. I mean, uh, it, we're still, you got to watch how the, the world's going to reopen, right? That's that's part of the investor dynamic. We got to watch the elections in Georgia. We've got to watch uh, a number of things from a, a, just a legislative perspective. And you got to watch the Federal Reserve a lot. I feel like it's a long to-do list with a lot of boxes to check. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and and other ones, like we addressed, uh, people are starting to ask now, is Bitcoin part of a portfolio? We talked about that. Uh, I didn't really come here to reproduce what we talked about No, no, that wasn't yesterday. my point. So like, if, we, you're, if you're curious, well, you know, what do we yeah, think about the Biden administration? What do you think? What do we think about Bitcoin? What do we think about, uh, you know, legislation? What do we think about the Fed? You know, all of those sort of come up in that 2021 outlook. But and you, a little bit of 2020 review. You brought up, though, before the break that we were going to talk about the stimulus check that yeah, Congress so just announced. They did. And so uh, it, and the markets largely went, well, OK. Uh, and the if you're wondering why haven't the markets reacted more positively to stimulus? Well, they know how to price it now because they saw it once Let's, and it was a bigger stimulus than this one is. I don't know that that's true. I, I don't think that's an accurate statement. Okay. No, and, and I don't. No, that's okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I, that's I, 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 I. You know, I, 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 I promise I'm not trying to throw you under no, the bus. No, I mean I, uh, that 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 would be my rationale for it. So please explain to me how you see it. Well, the markets were. Think about the markets as they're pricing in the future today. Okay. So the markets had already assumed there was going to be a the stimulus, stimulus. Pack. and so okay. it was already priced in by the time this occurred is what i believe is a more rational explanation or a more complete explanation because right, yours is not irrational i just think this better <laughs> explains it i'm really trying not to like make you make like poor it was david a, it was a he feels like he's statement. digging at me today and it's not you know i'm yeah, just saying like i'm from, not picking i promise <laughs> it's a different opinion i will I mean, how many times in the past have we had a stimulus like that? I mean, those are the answers I don't know. Have we? I mean, I haven't seen one in my lifetime. Never. Okay, so to me, if you know, we had one once and it was bigger well, per so person the, the than first what they're offering one, now. The first stimulus package was almost four trillion. This one's nine hundred billion. Right. So it's way bigger. No, four trillion. It's Sorry. about a quarter of the size, right. or a little smaller than that. So it's way smaller. Right. But my point being is, if we like the we saw how the markets reacted to the first one, mm-hmm. right? And then it goes, okay, well, if we're getting more stimulus, but it's a like a quarter less, then there's not as much woohoo in the whole thing. Was kind of my thinking, but 
I like the way you said it too. That it has already priced it in, right? It's already said. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we it kind was, of expected it, was expected it to expected. happen. Everybody was like, "Well, how much longer will this political gamesmanship go on?" Uh, and it was very clear, right? It was very clear that the uh, the the Democrat side of the aisle had no interest in stimulus prior to the election, right? And and here's why it's relatively obvious because what was just passed is near identical to what the Republicans had proposed prior to the election. Oh, interesting. And so now that it passes and everybody comes along and says, okay, well, that's how politics work, right? You position because, and if you are, if you're bothered by this, listening to this going, I can't believe blankety blank, they did that. This happens all the time. That's right. what politics is. It's about, and shame on most voters for not paying attention if this is catching you by surprise. Because all it says is, for optics, right, for appearance purposes, they nobody wanted anything that would make their team look weaker and make the other team look stronger. Right. So if you don't want the existing president reelected, make their team look weaker and try to sway the vote. That's politics, literally. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying anything remarkable or partisan here. This shouldn't be like a, I can't believe he said that. And it, by the uh, way, this it's, isn't a personal dig against yeah, it's Trump. Like me saying, it's not a Biden-Trump debate. It's just, this is the, uh, by the, the way, laws of the game. grass is green and the sky is blue and right. the rain is rain. You know I mean? Like, it's those really simple, obvious statements. I'm not, there's nothing prophetic or remarkable about these commentaries. Right. It just is. So... Anyway, the markets saw this coming, and when it finally happened, okay, it happened. Uh, and a lot of folks view this as ho-hum because it really is significantly watered down and has more strings attached. I'm not even making a judgment call if this is good, bad, or otherwise, okay? Because, like, like, what's in it? First of all, you remember the first round? There was there was a check that everybody was written if you qualified, right? So if right. you were under a certain income threshold you got a stimulus check and what it was like what twelve hundred dollars right? per person twelve hundred yeah. bucks a person and this round it is six hundred yeah it's half okay there was an additional uh, it was less it was like twelve hundred per adult and i thought it was less per kid wasn't it like 500 per kid or something i weird? don't remember the details off the top of my head now i'm trying to remember i think it was something like that okay go ahead yeah so so this time around it's six hundred dollars per dependent in your household so under 18 or under if your kids over that they don't get to qualify under yours however they may qualify independently and get it for themselves right okay um but they're going based on tax returns it's so based like if your dependent based has never on filed your a tax return 2019 tax return right so if you're 20 if you would if you qualified in 2019 but you don't in 2020 you're lucky you get to keep it. Well, and they said the opposite, too. If you didn't qualify in 2019, but you do qualify this no, year, right. then, then you can... Then you like, can send your tax returns after you file them, and, and they should retroactively credit you for it. Right. Okay. So, okay, that's better than nothing. It's not as good as the first one, de depending on your perspective, right? Good or bad. Like, if you thought the first round of stimulus was a terrible idea then this is less bad to you. If you thought that it was a great idea, then this is less good to you. I'm right? still worried about the gotcha because what I read in the fine print on the stimulus the first time was this was a pre-tax refund. 
that they were giving you. Now, I don't know if that actually... I, that, I think that went away and was clarified. So, no, this is not a pre-tax refund of what is... The 1200 wasn't or the correct. 600 Okay. I don't think either of them are. Okay. Now, I will be real clear. This is not tax advice, nor is it gospel. But my understanding is that it was just, here's money, you get it. Okay. And it's also, as best I can tell, it's tax-free. They're not going to count it as income that will be taxable. Okay. So if you qualified for it, you just got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, they did clarify some things around the payroll protection plan or program. The PPP. The PPP loans. Uh, those were forgivable loans. And for most small businesses, if you had, uh, if you borrowed under $2 million, you're probably home free. Uh, there was a question about whether or not business expenses would still be deductible. It sounds like they will be. Although, again, these are things where you should check with your CPA. So these are business owner kinds of issues. Now, unemployment benefits, they extended them, it looks like, another 11 weeks. Okay, And $300 a week of additional unemployment benefit to be extended for 11 more weeks. That will help, but it's not as much as the previous, which I think was $600 yeah. a week. So it's half. So everything's been reduced this round. Um the, the PPP loans, they've added more. I'll, I'll discuss that momentarily. Okay. The, there's more PPP loans available, but they're going to be harder to qualify for. Right? There's going to have more like financial almost... conditions to it. Right. So I think what they're really trying to do is aid the hospitality and restaurant and entertainment industries because they were really hard hit. Right. You know, movie theaters are going bankrupt, that kind of thing. So there's a looks like there's going to be a lot of uh, stimulus available for those organizations to try to keep them propped up. So is it good, bad, or otherwise? Well, I guess it depends on where you're sitting. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's a matter of perspective. I mean, if you're having a hard time keeping food in your tummy and in your cupboards and a shelter over your head, you'd say it's good. Yeah. and and But here is my, here's the caveat. Okay. Bitcoin. What? We're Bitcoin. talking about stimulus. Why is it Bitcoin? Well, I, let's think about this for a minute, right? First, you have stimulus. Okay. And then you have Bitcoin going over 20000 Yeah, it's bananas okay? right now. And then you have me leave you with a cliffhanger and say, we'll take a break. What? Yeah. It, David. Because, so if we take the break, everybody's going to wonder, how are you connecting the stimulus package to Bitcoin? And here's the crazy thing. I think it's obvious. I'll explain when we come back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. You're listening to The True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to The True Wealth Show. So, the usual reminders podcast if you're wondering why bitcoin has anything to do with stimulus yeah i wouldn't know that okay i'm waiting for that oh moment just wait it's coming it's coming here's the deal who pays for the stimulus the government us does the government produce anything they print money for kind it kind of i, guess, I mean right? the government the government does roles and has a, a role in the economy but the private sector by and large funds the government and you know most of the taxes i mean government Runs workers on tax pay money. taxes too right right so the payroll of government goes back you know pays taxes but that whole system that's the way that runs and so what was the stimulus how did we fund it i have no idea 
sleight of hand, right? More deficit spending. We spent money we didn't have at the federal level. How do you spend money you don't have? Print more. Yeah, you print more. Uh, and so the stimulus was just kind of a, well, we'll just print money and borrow more. And if we borrow more, how does the government borrow money? I really have no idea. It, issue, it issues treasuries, <laughs> oh, treasury bonds, right, okay. and bills. Uh, and who's buying most of them? The consumer? The Federal Reserve. Okay. Okay. I'm and, not winning this trivia yeah, so, challenge. No, just stay with me here. There's a, It's not a trivia thing. It's not a gotcha. Our listeners are the, most of them in the same boat. They're like, well, okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't government, know. The government doesn't actually just use the printing press. The government, the tr Department of Treasury, prints, the, has to be accounted prints for. the bonds that are going to be the borrowing instrument. And then the Federal Reserve buys the bonds. And So they're basically buying them from, their self, from themselves. Well, yeah. The Federal Reserve is technically not part of the government. Right. Even though people assume it is. It's not. It's a right? separate it's entity. the Federal Reserve Banking System. So the banking system, and where do they get the money from? Their computer. They print it digitally, and they just <laughs> put it on their balance sheet. So that's how you that conjure like up cheating. money. Well, yeah, and then those obligations are due anywhere from 10 to 30 years from now. Okay. Now, they're at super low rates because that's the current rate environment. It's super right. cheap. right. So what does that tell you? Well, I mean, ultimately, the government will have to pay it back. And the theory is that one day the economy will be stronger and the government will have better cash flow when it can afford the debt because it's super cheap interest. Okay? So does it ever really pay it back or does it, it take another? It hasn't so far. It's like a revolving credit card debt. Well, I was going to say, does it ever take like another loan to pay off the first loan and it just Kinda. keeps loaning itself? Well, I mean, the debt service is part of the operating budget of the United States. And effectively, if you're allowing bonds to roll over from much higher interest rates, I mean, think about it. The 30-year bonds that happened in the 70s, they're gone. It's true. Okay. So now we're just loading up super cheap debt. Okay. Okay. And there's some theorists that that's fine. Hey, you may as well finance it next to nothing. And you can, just like buying a house, you can buy a whole lot of government for next to nothing. But who's going to be paying in 30 years? Us. Well, not the current politicians <laughs> and not most of the current voters. True. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, a lot of the current voters, well, sure, say, but not, but not, not true, most baby boomers. Like right. in 30 years, a lot of baby boomers aren't going to be a lot of baby generations boomers. generations are not going to be paying for it. So, we may, well, so if you think about who's disproportionately benefiting, I mean, the current voting block. And so that group is borrowing from the future. Yeah, they're buying. So from who's the paying generation. for it? All right, our kids are paying for it. Okay, well, what are we doing, and what's everybody concerned about if you print lots of money? You devalue the money. Inflation, right? Oh, you're devaluing the money. You're monetizing the debt. Hey, I got that one right. Yeah, and we kind of <laughs> are. And what is Bitcoin? Cryptocurrency. Okay, and what does it act like? Anything it wants to. Digital I don't know. gold, baby. Digital gold. Gold is a finite resource. And guess what? Bitcoin. There's only so much of it in existence. Okay. Yeah, because you have to mine it or something Correct. weird. And so Bitcoin has a theoretical maximum number of available units, which means it's a scarce item that's trackable. I don't know how it materialized to have value because somebody just believes that it does. And then when enough people are on board with that idea, it becomes real, right? It's like Santa Claus came to town. But Bitcoin goes bananas because if the U.S. currency is going to be cut in half, the like purchasing value gets cut in half, well, there's then the amount of currency it will take to buy Bitcoin should be a lot higher. Hence the rising price of Bitcoin. Ah, oh, so there's a connection back to it. waters down the currency, and Bitcoin is suggesting the opposite of what the treasury market is suggesting. Interest rates are super low, which indicates low inflation. 
Bitcoin is super high, which is a play to combat inflation. So which one is right? Both? I don't know. Like I don't know the answer. I don't know which one is right. Well, but I mean, what I know... You have two opposites doing the same thing simultaneously, so aren't they kind of both right or half right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work that way. Because here's the crazy thing. Right now, treasury yields are lower than what appears to be inflation in many areas. So 30-year money in treasury bonds seems to be a lower cost point than if you were to just put your money in your mattress. Well, that's not true. Money in the mattress will lose purchasing power, though. Money in the savings faster, account? But, but it's more that the inflation itself, the, the purchasing power is is dwindling faster than the yield on the treasury. Right. That's really what's going on. So right. you're losing purchasing power yeah, in so the treasury. Yeah, you're getting 2%, but if it goes up 3%, then your money is not yeah, as you're valuable. Yeah, you're still you'd still be losing purchasing power. And the Federal Reserve has kind of said we're willing to let inflation run hot for a little while. We're letting it go higher than it needs to. So Why are you <laughs> uh, look over your shoulder and you'll know understand. Yeah, we always have to have somebody in studio <laughs> being tricky. So if you think about the scenario I just painted, you more or less have a a situation where if, if you're going to lose money in treasuries, why? Who would buy the treasury? Does the well, government end up buying them back the then? The government's the one buying all of them, right? And so the government is printing the money it's using to drive down, to, to, to water down the currency. Isn't but, it like lending it to itself, though? Yeah, like here's, here's why inflation's hard to gauge. When you have lots of people out of the workforce, you have demand destruction. Demand right. destruction lowers price. And people say, well, why are houses getting more expensive? Answer, access to capital, right? If you can get a loan for more money because interest rates are lower, you can throw more money at a house. Right. But you can't throw more money at other stuff if you can't get it. Oh, that's true. So that's why the market is inflating in some areas but not others. Like it, like oil is dropping. It's gone up recently, but oil's cheaper than it was, say, 10 years ago. So has the price of cars gone up? Price of cars has gone up and price of food's going up. Yeah, uh, some is. of that's because of the the supply chain right, problems. Which has been broken this year. Yeah, so supply chain problems. But but like raw materials for houses, that'll be an interesting one because big forest fires, forced harvest, what happens next? Flood the market with more materials. Do they does it drive the price of materials down, which helps increase housing demand because you can now buy more build more house because the materials are cheaper? I don't know. Maybe. But I do think we're reaching a threshold where if we don't see incomes going up, right? If personal incomes right. aren't going up and interest rates aren't changing, we're kind of capping out how much people can borrow for houses. And if the house is worth more than what you can borrow. Yeah, it's that's what we call a structural problem. So anyway, Bitcoin is the outlier, right? If you're looking at treasury yields as the canary in the coal mine, they've drifted a little higher, but they still say inflation's not a problem. If you're looking at Bitcoin then you have to ask yourself, is Bitcoin a legit market or is it a fad where it has, like Tesla, it has so many people interested right now that it's become its own market, it's independent of data, and it's just traders driving things temporarily to bizarre heights. Keep in mind the way bubbles work, right? Uh, I have a really famous bubble market for you, but I feel like uh, we should maybe grab our last, like, grab a break so that we can, can talk about it. Let's do that. Cool. Dale caught the clue. Uh, one more famous bubble market that I'll share with you. And if you think about when I tell it to you, you're going to be like, are you serious? 
because people paid crazy for it and oh, then I lost think I know fortunes. Who it is. Well, we'll find out when we come back. Stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where we are home stretching this thing. Right? We're reminding you that it's always a live show. It is a live show. And anything goes. And uh, in the off moments uh, when we're not live on air, let me tell you, it's still live. <laughs> it's still on. All right, so you were mentioned a bubble, and I brought up one and you went. Okay, no, no, no. Share, so bubble markets are the, the where prices get radically inflated and then they pop. There's bunches of them. So you, you can share yours, but I'm going to share a couple, and then I'll share the most famous one that I think was like, where you, you'll hear about it, you'll be like, you're, you're kidding me, right? So the bubble market that I thought about was Beanie Babies. Like when Beanie Babies came out, they were super popular. People were paying like thousands of dollars for collector Beanie Babies. Wasn't now, that how eBay got started? Yeah, and now they're worth like maybe three bucks. Like they're not even worth what they I don't know. Like My kids have Beanie it. Babies and they will see like they, they actually name, they rename them, but they remember the original name too. Right, yeah. So but whatever's now on the tag, you're like, oh, it's, it's Sniffles, but I'm going to call you Chloe. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. So, and by the way, I give it up to, to the Thai co- uh, toy company because they did rebrand and redo and they're back in full board now because that second round of little kids loving on their plush toys is happening again. But I, you uh, mentioned something different I have never heard of. Okay. So first I'm going to mention other ones. How about housing in 2006? That was the one that also came up that to mind. That was a bubble, right? right? Pop, boom, out. Prices decline like crazy. How about the stock market in 2008? Well, that was a lot of Arguably, but better would be the NASDAQ in 1999. Oh, the tech bubble. Okay, the tech bubble was huge. The NASDAQ fell by close to 80% and took like more than 10 years to recover. True. So that was a massive, massive bubble in, in value. But the bubble that I think is the most infamous uh, in financial circles was the Dutch tulip bubble of the 1500s. Okay, now you got to educate us because I have never heard of that. Okay, so... Uh, what is the Dutch tulip bubble? It's exactly what it sounds like. So Netherlands and that area, tulip bulbs all of a sudden became a craze. And rare tulip bulbs became so valuable that people were literally mortgaging their homes in order to possess tulip bulbs. And I ultimately, can't even imagine doing that. Well, and, and I swear, you, you look at it today and you say, it's obvious the emperor had no clothes. <laughs> and, you know, people lost fortunes when everything imploded and collapsed. This has been my concern with Tesla. I know I've talked about it many times on this show. And it's so hard for me because, first of all, Tesla as a company, I'm like, I think the cars are cool. I think the concept of what, of what they're working for is cool. I think Elon Musk is an interesting character that's uh, managed to have enough resources and innovation and vision to do extraordinary things. Right. Right. I'm not saying that he's an angel or anything, but I'm saying he's really an interesting guy. Like, I mean, I would I'd spend a day with Elon Musk and just pick his brain and you know learn about what he does. And my guess is there are times when it'd be kind of like, mm, I don't know, whatever I want. Because he just has the resources to say, you know what? I think we should put a golf course on the moon. And people are like, well, why would we do that? He's like, let's build a rocket. And you're like, wow, that's that's what it's like <laughs> to be with Elon Musk, right? 
Uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, although it would be smarter than that because he's like, no, no, I know about physics. Let's build a rocket and we'll do these things. You know, so it's interesting. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, the tulip bulb issue was the classic of assigning value to something or creating value because of a frenzy. And it just went crazy and then So popped. is this the bigger fool theory? Oh, yeah. And this is also why... Here's here's my issue with Tesla. When you look at the size of the company and its forward piece, so let's I'm I'm gonna bring this up to give it context because I haven't looked this up live in a while. So we'll look up there's T. And by the way, this is not investment advice. It is not. But Tesla was recently added to the S and P 500. It has currently a market cap of 600 and about seven billion dollars with a B. Okay, and this is a company that had total earnings. It looks like last uh quarter earnings per share it was 76 per share it did exceed estimates but total revenue 21.4 billion with earnings of negative 976 million so yeah so you're like the company's going negative every year i mean they have tons of revenue last year that last time they lost a little less they had revenue of 24.5 billion and earnings of 862 million to the negative which means they're spending more than they're making. And people say, well, they're growing. So eventually they're going to make money. That is all That's relatively true in theory. But their forward P.E. ratio right now is oh. 1,224. It's out of control. And then you look at uh, General Motors or something. And just for context, let's look up GM's. Oh, it would be like 30 yeah, it's, or it's something. It's novel. It's like three. Uh, 18. Yeah. Okay. Tiny. And so... So and, and the GM. market cap is $58 billion. So GM makes a lot more cars and has a lot broader distribution network than Tesla. So what you're telling me is that Tesla needs to be valued at roughly 10 times more valuable. So 1,000% more valuable than GM. G GM. And GM made profits in 2019 of $6.7 on revenue of 137 billion so better so, revenue so better, better revenue and it had way more revenue and more earnings than tesla but it's 10 times less valuable and i and i kind of ask people if gm all of a sudden started manufacturing electric vehicles does it change your opinion of tesla and they're like well it's a different business model because they're going to be on demand and this and so you think that if gm has an you know revenues of almost 7 billion then they that's that's profits right so there were their profits of seven billion how much of that could they take and redirect into development of electric vehicles after tesla's already broken ground and the government's already footed the bill for the expansion of a network of chargers throughout the country right, as long as they played so and the plugged in, in yeah, the same thing the infrastructure is there so now gm can show up and if they build cars at 60 percent of the cost of tesla which they have the infrastructure to do right then what do you say Right, that's what made the deal with General Motors uh, partnering with Nikola as another um, alternative fuel truck. Right, and I mean that company's had its whole host of issues. But and and here's the really interesting one that may be hurting Tesla right now. Apple has announced their uh, sort of secret project Titan, which is their electric vehicle slated for I think 2026 or maybe 2024. So Apple wants to bring out an electric vehicle now. To compete with Tesla, General Motors, and Ford are both in the marketplace. So when you have a Ford PE of 1,200, 
to General Motors 18, you're 10 times more valuable and you make uh, and you make no money and you don't make money. I'm like, it feels like a bubble. Yeah. Right? It looks like a bubble. So the, the bigger fool theory is, well, you just don't see they're going to go into space production or this setting. But if they do, it gets spun off. It's a, That's a private holding. It's not it's part not, of Tesla. Yeah, it's not Tesla. It's Tesla's associated with Elon Musk, who's part of Tesla. And I'm like, right. I don't think you can play SpaceX through Tesla. Okay, yeah. I, I, it's not. I just, that's my issue. So I don't know what the solve is, but I will tell you that I think the market just it, it's a it's a darling. Right now, it's a and darling. So a darling. What's that? Like a you know a market darling. It's a, just a favorite. Oh. It's a pet. Oh, oh got it. Okay. And, and as a result, people are willing to sort of forgive and let let go a lot of the the problems because well, again, they're it's just going so into the bigger fool. Like it's people the, that well, are... but it's well, you don't understand. It's the future. And I go, well, if you were valuing it like a car company, and I go, what if it's a tech company? Like, it's clearly not only a tech company because they're selling hardware. So it's got to be somewhere in between. And if tech companies have forward multiples of, let's call it 100, it's still 10 times too high or 12 times too high. If it's a car company, it's 18, which means it's actually 60 times too high. If we split the difference somewhere in between and say 30, you still got to cut that price by oh, what, 80% yeah. or something? So it's just clown shoes. I can't make sense of it right now. So to me, it's radioactive, and until then, I can't understand it, which makes it hard to call it an investment. It's just a bunch of speculation. There you go. You heard hey. it, folks. And if you want to speculate on it, more power to you. Right? <laughs> so anyway, look, that's the story. The biggie is uh, stimulus today, ho-hum. Markets uh, still rotating. The interesting takeaway is also the Russell 2000 has been climbing faster than the rest of the major indexes. That's the small caps. It does indicate doesn't guarantee but it, it indicates that there may be asset rotation in the markets uh in anticipation of the reopen trade which gives me some cause for optimism looking into 2021 you want more check out our in our 2021 outlook on youtube all right and how else can they find us katie they can always give us a call 541-375-0898 or reach out to us info at littlejohnfs.com all right gang that is it for now and so uh from my family to yours merry christmas and happy holidays thanks as always for tuning in until next time this has been david littlejohn and katie shuck you got true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen the preceding program was paid for by little john financial services the opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of brook communications its affiliates or its employees